0: Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good morning. One evening, about three weeks into lockdown, after my wife and I had put our boys to bed and we collapsed on the sofa exhausted, my wife turned to me and said, I've made a freedom list. What's on yours? Now, I wasn't entirely sure what she meant, so I said, what's a freedom list? And she said, is to the list of the things I'm going to do once lockdown has finished. And she repeated, what's on yours? I mean, what a great question. We are told that this is the new normal, but it isn't normal, is it? It is our current reality, but it's not completely comfortable. It is right that we look forward to freedom. We long to meet up with family and friends and as a church community... We long to be able to speak to someone and see their whole body language and see how they're responding to what you're saying. We want to see our parents and our children. We want grandparents to see their grandchildren, particularly to take them off and give the parents a break so we can have some time together. To be unleashed, which is the title of this series, now has a deeper meaning. When we can contrast our lives to now and three months ago. We've looked at unleashed power, unleashed people, unleashed presence, unleashed potential and today is unleashed participation. We've been using Acts as a launch pad to think about how the early church were and today I'm going to read Acts 12. I'm using the Message Bible as I think it brings out something very interesting. That's when King Herod got it into his head to go to, after some of the church members. He murdered James, John's brother. When he saw how much it raised his popularity with the Jews, he arrested Peter. All this during Passover week, mind you, and um, had him thrown in jail, putting four squads of four soldiers, each to guard him. He was planning a public lynching after Passover. All the time, Peter was under heavy guard in the jailhouse. The church prayed for him strenuously. Then the time came um, for Herod to bring him out him out of the, for the kill. That night, even though shackled to two soldiers, one on either side, Peter slept like a baby. And there were guards at the door keeping their eyes on the, on the place. Herod was not taking no chances. Suddenly there was an angel at the side and light flooding in the room. The angel shook Peter and got him up. Hurry! The handcuffs fell off his wrists. The angel said, get dressed, put on your shoes. Peter did it. Then grab your coat and let's get out of here. Peter followed him but didn't believe it was really an angel. He thought he was dreaming. Past the first guard and then the second. They came to the iron gate and that led into, um, into the city. It swung open before them and they were out on the street, free as the breeze. At the first intersection, the angel left him, going his own way. That's when Peter realised it was no dream. There's so much in here that can jump out of you. But what jumped out was me was, wow, Peter's in jail. um, It's the night before his trial and potential death, and he's sleeping like a baby. What a man of faith, hey? So relaxed, so chilled. But I immediately felt God correcting me on this. He said, this is not the message I want to give you. He said, while Peter was sleeping, others were praying strenuously. While Peter was sleeping, God had other plans, and he had to send an angel to shake him to wake him up. Now, some people have speculated if this outbreak is part of the apocalypse. So I did a little study on this, and you'll be pleased to know I have the answer. The word apocalypse is a Greek word, um, and therefore it's very easy to look up in the original Greek New Testament. So I'm going to read a few verses so we can get a feeling of what it means. In Matthew 11:25 and 27, it says, "At this time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent, but and apocalypsed them to the infants.' Now, in no way do I think that Jesus is using the, um, the meaning for apocalypse in the same way that we think about it. So let's look again. In Galatians 1, Peter reflects on his conver- conversion on the road to Damascus, describing how, um, how Jesus was apocalypsed to him. And famously in Revelation 1, it starts, um, this is the apocalypse from Jesus Christ. From this we can see that the apocalypse is an unveiling, a revealing, an exposing, a revelation And in these biblical contexts, um, it is God showing us how he sees the world. And I think that this is exactly what is happening now. I believe that this pandemic has been an apocalypse showing us the chains in our own lives and in our society. You see, we have been knocked out of our routines and habits that hide the truth. Um, The busyness that, um, that mask what is really going on. And we have had to reflect on what is really happening. We can now see more clearly um, the injustices that have always been there. Loneliness, poverty, um, undervaluing key workers, destruction of environment, anxiety, fear, mental health issues, trusting in our own endeavours and um, living without God. It is not that these things were not there before. However, we did not treat them with any urgency. We were sleeping We were like Peter, sleeping in our chains. In a YouGov poll, um, most people in the UK want to alter their lives. And 91% of um, people agreed with this statement. I hope to change some, um, some things about my life after this pandemic. And I hope we will have learnt something as a country. But all is not lost. Our God is in the business of breaking chains. In the passage we read earlier, God did not leave Peter in chains. There were people praying strenuously for him and God miraculously broke him free. Praying and calling on God and relying on him is the foundation for God moving. And I do believe that there is a clear movement of prayer in this country and the world if you feel um, tied down by your chains, if you feel there's so many guards and problems around you that you'll never get free, if you feel um, so far down this bad road that you feel like your um, trial and execution day is tomorrow, then let this story act as um, act in giving you confidence to ask the church to pray strenuously for you and for you to find freedom. So please use the link available um, to privately ask someone to pray with you and um, because God does not want you to be chained but to be unleashed. But that is not all. At the start of Jesus' ministry, he read um, he read Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord, uh, sovereign Lord, is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and this is exactly what he did over and over again healing physically mentally emotionally and spiritually breaking those chains he challenged the way society treated the poor and he and who they thought was important he called us to be servants and not power grabbers he broke down the prejudice and hung out with the outcasts of society talked about a kingdom that seems so different to the values um, of our own that it is referred to as upside down and he showed us such love that he went and died for us taking our place that we might be free from the chains of sin and guilt and death and have life and life eternal if this is the mission that we are also called to it our mission is not to just to make sure that us as individuals go to heaven but that heaven comes to earth. As we pray in the Lord's Prayer, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. It is, um, it is our, if it is our aim um, to see a world like this, then what does that look like? One of the clearest pictures is in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, where heaven and earth that. In chapter 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord took um, the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. God's um, intention was never us to chill out and let him take care of everything, um, but for us to participate and and work. We were given responsibility to take care of it. God has chosen chosen and designed us to be full participants in the running of his kingdom. He even brought us the animals and asked us to name them. In verse 16, God, um, it says, God gives us freedom to eat from any tree. There are so many ways that we can be free. There are so many good things that we can do. It is not limiting, but there is just one thing that we cannot do, and that is we cannot decide what is good and bad. Now I have purposely said good and bad, and not good and evil, Um, as we can into the trap of confining God to only having effect effect over our morality. God's knowledge of what is good and bad stretches over every aspect of our lives. It may be our family, how we treat our environment, how we do business, how we make decisions, our money. In In everything God knows how to do things well, very well. Adam and Eve, Um, did eat the apple and we in our society continue to do so and we have created a mess of chains. Our country is crying out for change and I believe that um, we need to respond to this and take this opportunity to release ourselves and others from the chains that we have built up um, and we need to um, make God king. If we sit back and as a church and a people of God don't rise up Things may be different after the pandemic, but if um, but if our society relies on man's wisdom, then we will make the same mistakes again. Now, I'm fully aware that after a talk like this, that we can feel that we have actually um, have another chain being put on us, something extra to do, something else to fail at. Um, but I want to make it clear to you that everyone's participation is going to be very different. Um, for some of you, you are um, looking after children and you're in the home and you are, um, and that is your world at the moment. Well, if you ask God for his wisdom and you participate in obedience, then you are bringing his kingdom there. And that is a hugely vital role for building the kingdom of God. You know, Sim and Lottie and the least that can't be in there with your family. You are the one who is bringing the kingdom there. It is vital. In your workplace, on the sports field, um, on Zoom, in the way, any way, any, any part of your life, um, then if you bring God into that area, then it, it is areas that, as a church, we cannot reach without you. In 1 Corinthians um, 12, verses 4 and 7, it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but they, are, um, but, but they are given to believers by the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve, but they all come from the same Lord. There are different ways the Spirit works, but the same God is working in all these ways and in all people. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way. That is for the good of all. This goes on to be the famous passage about being being all one body, but many parts. If the church can rise up, pray for the chains to be broken, rely on his wisdom and uh, not our own, participate as as we were designed to, bringing God's kingdom as one body, then I believe we have a real opportunity starting now um, for Christ to be glorified and things to change. Let us no longer sleep in our chains but step out in freedom to participate in what God has called us to. So like Sarah did that evening, I'm going to put you on the spot. I've made a freedom list. What's on yours? For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.